All right. Welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? Where we talk about professional standards and ethics committee violations. And today with me is Rachel Real. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Jen. How are you? I don't know. I think I said this before, but I always feel like I'm at the principal's office when I talk to right. you. I, I'm going to get myself one of these days. I'm going to get myself a little name plaque for my desk and we're going to, we're going to show that at the bottom. You need it. You need it. So, all right, Rachel, today you wanted to tell us how, what is the pathway to realtor jail? Right. So I kind of thought, you know, we do a lot of talking about what happens when you end up in a in an ethics hearing mm-hmm. and, and potentially find yourself going to realtor jail. Right. But we've never really talked about how do you find yourself in that position to begin with? Yeah. Like, so well, how did you get how, there? How, you, how did you get here? Right? So is this like a how to? Right. It's a how to not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that in parentheses. How to not go to realtor jail. Okay. Right. So of course it means don't violate the code of ethics, but you know, once you wah, do- wah. Right. How do you, how, how does this happen that you, that you end up in the chair in front of this hearing panel pleading mm-hmm. your case for staying out of realtor jail? So there's a couple of things and now keeping in mind too, that the code of ethics is national. So every board of realtors in every state, Ohio, Illinois, Florida, California, they're all bound by the same national association of realtors code of ethics. And it comes with this handy dandy manual okay. that talks about how to move through these, move through this process. It's code of ethics and arbitration manual. And so if every board listening to this, ethics. like you have the graphic for it, right? Yes. Right. And the, if you want to pull it up, well, you can see it sort of on YouTube a little bit, but if you want the right, graphic yes. your own, you can go to jennifermartland.com slash vault. And there's a, what would you do folder? And it will be in there. Yeah. So, so this is just something that our board put together that says, Hey, if you are, you know, when, when you go to our board website and you say, I want to file a complaint, it says, Hey, check out the flow chart so that you kind of know how you're going to get through this process. Okay. And again, this looks kind of like this here. So you'll see that on the, on the vault. Okay. So, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, Hey, I think something, I think something funky is going on. The first thing you can do is every board generally will have a professionalism hotline. So a professionalism hotline can be for members, uh, you know, uh, realtor members or consumers. I didn't so know that. Consumer has a, yeah, if a consumer has a concern, they can call this professionalism hotline. Okay. They go to the board. Somebody there, may, a staff person will likely answer that. Um, they get all kinds of crazy calls. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's I would actually to like to have like phone duty a couple days on that. Oh, it I would think be our so staff fun. is like, you know, they get all kinds of wonky calls. I'm telling you and stuff that does not belong at the board, right. um, you know, all kinds of things. So again, if that, if that's something that doesn't really work, then you can go to an ombudsman program. I don't think every state or every board has this, A what? It, an ombudsman program. Okay. So an ombudsman is somebody who is a, like a mediator. Okay. So we have an ombudsman committee at our board and I'm on, I'm on that also. Um, but what that is, is if somebody, if a realtor member calls the board and says, I have a problem with this other agent, I'd like to try and work it out. See if we can come to some kind of agreement. I just need some help getting through this. Is you that say, I'd like- only commission disputes or is that anything? It can be anything. It can be anything. So if you're just in, I would say generally it probably involves money more than anything, just because you're trying to avoid an arbitration is what you're trying right. to Right. Okay. So an ombudsman is somebody that's a volunteer that will be the, the neutral third party that will talk to both sides, go back and forth and kind of help them problem solve. You have answer. to get licensed as a mediator to do this. There isn't a specific license for it, but we do have training that goes through IAR and our board every single 
I want to say it's, it's, it's at least every renewal period. Okay. So they have a specific ombudsman training where we, we do. That'd be, yeah. I'm interested. I've never heard of that, but okay. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I would say the requests don't come up all that often, but it is a good tool they have because what it does is then if you can work through that issue with an ombudsman, it's you can easier avoid and better. Yeah. Well, it's just, you can avoid taking up the time of staff. You can avoid going through a hearing and arbitration, whatever it might be. All the drama. So that's a great, okay. exactly. There's a lot of drama. So there are several articles to the code of ethics that are part of what we call a citation program. And it, it, there can be certain standards of practice under articles one, three, four, five, six, 12, 14, and 16. So we don't need to read through all those, but essentially what it comes down to is the citation program means that you have to have something that's provable by supporting documentation only. So if you say, if I look at you and you have an ad that you've placed in the, you know, in the local paper or whatever it is, and there is clearly a violation there, you've put the, the ad under your name and you've not referenced your brokerage anywhere on it. Okay. Clearly it's a violation. Okay. I can take a picture of that ad, snap it as a JPEG or a PDF go to my local board website, file a complaint, and you're going to follow the instructions for the citation program, because all you have to do is fill out that form, attach that ad that says clearly you're in violation and there's no hearing that's involved. Okay. So it's, it's straight. Cause it's like a straight and that's anonymous. That can be anonymous. Yes. That's bullshit. Well, <laughs> the whole reason is, is that because there's, there's black and white proof that can go along with that. It's allowed I still to want to, I still have the right to know who is tattling on me. In the event that there, that it goes to a hearing. So if somebody gets cited through the citation program for a violation and they say, Hey, I don't, I, I don't agree with this. I want to go to a hearing. Okay. What happens is that the grievance committee will then step in as the complainant and will act as the complainant in the hearing. So okay. even though it's still anonymous, the grievance committee member which wouldn't be the person that actually filed the, the anonymous right, complaint, right. Would be the one that would step in. Okay. So and it, it's done. That was done so that we can tattle on each other. Well, so that you can encourage people to maintain the integrity of what it is that they're supposed to be found. You know, integrity of advertising signage, whatever it might be, without you know being the the, the narc of the neighborhood, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the narc of the, your yeah. MLS or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, but it, yeah. I mean. I, I see the reason. I see the reason for it. Because I get otherwise it. I mean, you have it makes, a lot of, yeah, I know you're right. Okay. And it, there is no hearing. So those have to be, the decisions are based solely on the information provided. And that's it. There's no hearing. There's no testimony. There's no nothing, but they go there's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No. So there's a citation program that goes to the grievance, <clears throat> excuse me, goes to the grievance committee. So okay. The grievance committee looks at those things and says, yeah, these things are pretty cut and dry. Easy. Move, move through those. Move easy, easy. Okay. Right. Right. Um, so outside of that, you, you go through then through an ethics complaint. So if it doesn't qualify as part of a grievance or a grievance through the citation program, then what you would do is file. Like it's not page. so black and white, like it's something happened. There's a story about it. There's a story to okay. it. It doesn't fit the criteria of, of these. And there's a spreadsheet, not a spreadsheet, but a whole list of articles and things that are qualify under that citation okay. program. So if it's not a citation program, you know, uh, option, then you're going to a full-fledged hearing. So that means your complainant is going to log into your local board of realtors, initiate an ethics complaint, and it's going to go to what they look at as a grievance committee. So okay. the grievance committee also looks at, looks at citation, but they also look at these, these cases. And do they say, they're the ones that say like, yes, this seems 
legit, like a legit complaint or no, this is not. They really have to look at it only on the face of what they have. So it's based only on the information that they're provided, you know, with the complaint and only on the face of what they have. So they can't look at it and go, well, I'm going to look up something in the MLS. I'm going to ask for more information. They can only look at what they have and determine it's kind of, we would equate it a little bit to a grand jury. So a grand jury looks at a whole bunch of different, different cases and goes, yeah, I think there's enough here to move it forward. Okay. So either they, they make the decision, is there enough to move it forward or is there not? Okay. If there's not, they just dismiss it and everybody moves on. Okay. They determine that you can't, there is in fact enough to move it on. Then that then goes to the, to, to a hearing panel. So the, the grievance committee will determine if it's an acceptable, if, if the complaint itself is in the acceptable format. If it's not, they can send it back and say, no, you need to fill out these particular forms, all that stuff. They're going to look at um, if all the necessary parties are named. So you've got to make sure that you have the right people listed as the complainant and the respondent. Mm -hmm. Is the is the party that they're accusing of a violation a member of the board? Because if it's not, then obviously it doesn't. Then you can't. Yeah, because I think it's a complaint for a member of NAR. And we've talked about this before, but I think this is something this is we need to like point this out is there are real estate agents that are not realtors, a realtor. Yes. A realtor is a member of NAR, which then they are now held accountable to the code of ethics. So if you are a, not a member of NAR, then in most, I think a majority of real estate agents are also realtors, but not all of them. Not all of them. And and I think it's going to depend a lot by state and by state, uh, state rules as far as that goes too. Well, and by company rules, right? So like the EXP who I'm with, they require us to be a member, but Rachel, you are your own brokerage. Like you could easily decide that you don't feel like being a member anymore. I could, but then I would lose all access to our MLS. I would lose the access to our, yeah. So that's access to everything because all of it is tied together in a national bundle. Well, and that's what most most brokerages and most agents are actually realtors, but it's confusing exactly. because you it, don't, it is very confusing because really the only people that in, at least in Illinois that could potentially be non-realtors, but still licensees working actively in the business yes. would be people like myself who are completely independent. Yeah. So I'm not a member of a brokerage. I'm a sole proprietor. Right. I am my own, my own person. That's right. it. It's just me. Right. If I was going to be at Coldwell Banker, EXP, uh, Remax, any of those, all of those are going to require that I'm a member of NAR, our local board and IAR. Okay. Good. So, but it, it, oddly enough, I have gotten some calls from agents, you know, in the past year that have said, Hey, I'm a licensee. I'd right. like to show one of your listings and I'm looking for them through the MLS. I'm like, and they're not there anywhere. They're like, Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not a realtor. I'm a licensee. Got it. Is this a so good point a to take a break or do we need to keep? Well, let's do uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. And then we're going to pick up where we left off. Okay, perfect. So let's take a quick break. Um, I want to tell you about a couple of our partners. So we have a new one, Rachel. It's called, I know, Cyberbackers. So the cool thing that I like about Cyberbackers is they are virtual assistants. So if if you want to grow your business, but you don't really, you don't want to, I don't know, you don't want to do like you want to focus the on the lead generating stuff. Yeah. And this, right. you don't want to do you're not good at. good at and doesn't require like somebody physically to be present, like paperwork, transaction, or doesn't require a license. Doesn't require a license. Yeah. So like social media yes. marketing, inputting listings, stuff like that. 
you can go to cyberbackers.com and enter the code fight club and you'll get a special promotion. And then the other one I want to tell you about is, um, my coach, coach John kitchens. Love that guy, man. It's just like a good name. I know coach John kitchens. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) So if, if you are feeling stuck, like I was feeling and the thing about having a coach is you don't know what you don't know. And some, everybody else can see it, but you, right. Right. And so like having a coach really helps like open up those blind spots way quicker. And then you can do yourself. So you might as well freaking get a coach, man. That's what I think. I always have one, at least one, maybe. Well, right now I have two. (laughs) (laughs) I always have like a couple of people, you know, like tell me why I'm not where I want to be, you know? So for him, it's callcoatskitchens.com and you enter in fight club and you will get a free 30 minute business assessment, even though he really only needs five minutes to tell you you what your problem is. (laughs) The 25 minutes are there to make you feel better. I love it. Smart <laughs> therapist also. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. I love it. All right. Back to our flow. So we were yes. at, if you, uh, so are you, is the respondent a member of the board? If okay. they're not, if they're just plain old a licensee, then it, sorry, no, you can't move it forward. It just no. isn't a possibility. Um, is the, is the, the, is there, I'm sorry, are there any criminal or civil litigations pending? So if, if this, if somebody decides oh, with to the property the complaint, complaint or whatever, right. Okay. Or if right. If somebody is, for instance, filing an ethics complaint against a realtor, but there's also civil proceedings going on, um, for a divorce that might involve some of those same parties, you can ask the board to put your, your ethics complaint in abeyance, which means they'll kind of put it all to the side. They'll make sure they've got it all together because you've got to file these things within 180 days. Okay. You don't file it in 180 days. You're outside of the window and you're now done. So once you hit 181 calendar days, boy, if you haven't filed it, you no longer can file it. So, and you understandably, so, you know, civil litigation or criminal litigation can go a whole lot longer than 180 days. Right. So as long as everything is turned in, you can request that they put it in abeyance which means then they'll wait not just continue to, to pursue that, pursue it at the same no, time. Be, no, because what could happen is either party for whatever reason could end up saying using uh, findings in an ethics hearing, even though it's not permitted in, in, in the civil litigation and vice versa. The civil okay. litigation information could be used in the ethics complaint. Okay. So you want those to be two separate and distinct. Okay. Um, can the board provide an impartial panel? generally not not a problem the professional standards committees on on all the boards are are pretty big and extensive and there's really no reason that they shouldn't be able to provide you know a a panel of impartial people um and and lastly are there specific articles cited appropriate for the complaint that's filed so if someone's filing a complaint on you know for instance advertising if they file under uh, uh, article two it's it's it doesn't jive Okay. to make sure that you're filing the correct article for the correct. That makes sense. Yes. So once they do that, they move it forward to a hearing and then the hearing panel is going to be assembled by staff. So you've got a panel of three to five people at which point the respondent and the complainant will be notified that the hearing has been scheduled. They'll ask to be, so the staff at the, at the board. So our local board has a professional. Oh, I thought, why am I thinking that so the grievance committee is really what people, what agents volunteer for. Agents volunteer for grievance committee, and they also volunteer for professional standards. Okay. But there is professional and ethical practices staff at our board that that runs all of these things. Okay. So the people that are on the professional standards committee are the ones that sit on these panels 
and, and discuss whether or not people are in violation and then, you know, put those sanctions forward if they are found in violation. Okay. So staff does a lot of work in, in gathering all of the information, making sure everyone is aware of what's going on. Uh, the process by which the hearing is going to happen, deadlines for turning in documents, all kinds of stuff. Okay. So once they find out whether or not they are in violation, um, if the respondents found out in violation, findings of fact are written by the panel and mailed out. And that's, that's what happens there. If the complainant appeals, then the complainant can, can appeal based only on the alleged procedural deficiencies or other lack of due process. So a complainant well, can't, the, you can't say, they, I don't they can't just say, well, I don't like your answer. It's got to be a violation of procedural deficiency or lack of due process. So it's going to be based on something. Okay. Um, if they are found in violation, uh, then the findings of fact are written, discipline is put together and then mailed out to the respondent. Uh, if they don't appeal, it goes to the local board of directors, then they adopt everything and put it in and then send everything out. Okay. Um, if the respondent appeals, they can appeal based on a misapplication of the articles of the code of ethics, misinterpretation of the articles of the code of ethics, procedural deficiency, lack of procedural due process, or the nature or extent of the discipline imposed. So depending on which side you're on there, you have a little bit of a different reason to be able to appeal okay. if you decide you want to do that. Okay. So once that's all done, there's, there's no nice jail on it. Well, the sanction, <coughs> excuse me, the sanctions would be the jail. Not really jail though. <coughs> well, right. It all depends on how you look at it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a good one. So, so like, that's how you find yourself in the hot seat. Yeah, the hot seat, right? <laughs> so right. take the mediation. So you're not in the hot seat. Pretty much. I think that's where we landed. Exactly. Yes. If you, right. If the board will all, like our board requires, um, media requires mediation before an arbitration. Okay. So not necessarily for a profession, for an ethics complaint, but if you are going for an arbitration where you're trying to get money back, they will require a mediation prior to an arbitration. Okay. okay. And they'll give you up until that last second before we, we excuse everybody and say, we're going in to deliberate now. We'll give you the, the last thing we say to those people is, do you want 15 minutes to try and work this out? Because if you don't take it, this is either going to go all one way or all the other way. There is no in the middle. Okay. So if there's ever any situation where somebody decides, Hey, it's probably better off that we just split this, you know, whatever that, whatever this is. Right. Or we find um, it in the middle. Yeah. We figure right, because the, because the panel can't find you in the middle. It's no, either all this right or, or wrong. Right. right. Interesting. This is a really interesting, like flow, but we have to get to right. the point of like, okay, so who, who's telling on who and who, when should you tell and all that? Well, and you know, we're a self-policing industry. So the only way that we can maintain some kind of integrity and raise the bar is to hold other realtor members. I can think of a lot of ways to raise the bar in this industry. And one of them is electing me czar-ass of real estate. <laughs> czar-ass. <laughs> I, I mean, isn't that the female version of czar? It, it might be. czar-ass. Zaras. I like it. Right. Right. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> and I will, I will make sure that we clean it up. Right. Yes. There, and also there is no fee to file an ethics complaint. So oh, if you feel you, if you, right. Yes. So if there is a, if there's a, it, they don't want the fee, a fee to hold somebody back from, from holding someone. I mean, agreed. That makes sense. Behavior. Right. Right. There is a fee to appeal if you want to appeal. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Of course. <laughs> 
That's funny. Well, Rachel, you are a fountain of knowledge. I appreciate you being on. And, and not of youth. Not of youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You right, are also a not of youth and knowledge. Right. Oh, <laughs> and energy. Can you find that when you, when you get your, when you become the czaress? Yes. If you go a fountain of realtor youth. It. Yes. This job realtor. makes you go gray way faster than any other job I've ever it's had. It's true. It's true. But right. if people have a referral for you in Chicago or um, just have questions for you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Best way to reach me is either by cell phone at 630-542-8688. You can text or call, or you can reach me via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. I love it. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Bye.